Right, kindergarten through fifth grade, if you guys want to make your way up here carefully, quietly, would be nice, <laughs> as kindergarten through fifth graders are capable of doing. And their teachers, please, teachers, come forward too. Thank you for coming. And uh, they'll be going down. If you are a visitor this morning and your child is going down with this group or would like to join this group, they are so welcome. They're going to go down for a lesson while we're up here. And, and I promise not to be as long as I was last week. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we're, we're going through this series, uh, Dead But Alive. or No, Life After Death, excuse me. Life After Death. And, yeah, I'm wearing, wearing out. Anyway, uh, Life After Death. And just to, if you're new here, the, the thought behind that is the life that we're living now in Jesus. That is dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ. So it comes from that. And so all the topics that we've been dealing with uh, lately has been what, what we focus on uh, concerning that life that we're now living in Jesus. And today's topic is unity. Unity. Uh, it reminded me early on about a, a favorite comic that, that's actually Robert's. I would say Linda, my favorite comic is, is Peanuts, especially Linda. You know, we're talking about Charlie Brown, Linus, uh, uh, Lucy, Sally. I'm not going to go through them all. You know, I, me and names, I'll probably start dropping off and adding a few extras in there. Uh, but anyway, there was a comic strip uh, that, that I remember of Linus. The first frame was Linus sitting and watching TV, quietly, peacefully. Lucy then walks in and demands that Linus change the channel to a show she wants to watch. And Linus responds... Why should I change the channel to what you want to watch? And she, Lucy said, you know, brash Lucy said, I'll give you five good reasons. You know where I'm going with that? And the next frame was, <laughs> she presented the, the fist before Linus. Next thing you know, Linus is up and graciously changing the channel to what she wants to watch. And as he leaves, he, she's seated watching TV. Linus is walking out, looking at his hand. He says, why can't you guys get organized like that? Yeah. The, the point being, you know, man, there, there's strength when we come together. Uh, Solomon put it this way. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I believe it's verse 12, where he says that a cord with three strands is not easily broken. We're familiar with that. Of course, the more strands, the stronger. So when we come together, it, it is strength. Um, as we talk about unity today, I wanted to go back to a passage that I dealt with a couple of weeks, weeks ago. It was John chapter 17. So if you'd like to go ahead and turn to John chapter 17, we're going to begin in verse 20. Um, again, as I said, we did this a couple of weeks ago. The topic of that, that sermon, that focus, was, was a familiar phrase that says, in the world but not of the world, talking about how we live. This all came from Jesus' prayer. John chapter 17, again, is the prayer of Jesus that, that was actually in three parts. First of all, he prayed about himself. Hey, glorify your son, ultimately, in order that, that the son may glorify the father. Then it moved to praying for the disciples themselves. Oh, may, may they be filled with my joy. And, and also, uh, that idea is don't take them out of the world. Don't remove them out of the world. Uh, there's a reason they're going to stay. He, he continued to pray for the, the 
the disciples that he had worked with, that he had ministered to and taught. And then in verse 20, it turns to you and I, uh, those of us who have received Jesus. He prays for us, and that's where we're looking today. Verse 20, he says, My prayer is not for them alone, speaking again of the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you and I. Those of us who continue to to learn and, and come to a knowledge and understanding of Jesus through that gospel message. Verse 21 says, That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Did you hear his prayer for unity? His prayer for unity. You see, this, this is just the truth that we, we realize in Jesus' prayer is that believers, Christians, we are called to live in unity. We are to live united in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I, I would just make this simple. Uh, I, there are three truths that I want to talk to you about concerning the unity that we're called to. Number one, Jesus came for unity. Je- the reason Jesus came is to bring unity. Uh, l- look at the passage and look and consider the prayer that Jesus just prayed. If you have your Bibles open, continue to look there. Uh, in verse 21, here's the first part of the prayer. That all of them may be one. That all of them may be one. He didn't pray oh, for their daily bread. He didn't pray for protection in the world of troubles, which is connected uniquely with this passage. He, he didn't pray for protection. He prayed that they would be united that was his prayer, that they would be united. And, and to understand that, I, I, want, I want to talk to you uh, and, and to, to identify this unity. This unity is not uh, just, just something common to the world. I, I, I will tell you that this unity is supernatural. This unity is super. I mean, the world knows unity, right? It's, it's, it's born in organizations that are created for maybe a single purpose, and there's unity there. There's unity uh, in, in, in the family reunion. Uh, anybody go to family reunions? You know, we all identify because we all came from great-grandma and great-grandpa. And here we are. We're united because of that. That's a, uni- a unity that the world's familiar with. A unity in, in clubs. Uh, again, uh, about a single purpose. Biker clubs, I brought that up. as Man, there's more unity in those than we see in churches and things like that. But, but the, the world knows what unity is. But in the church, there is a supernatural unity that's there. And it's part of what Jesus, I mean, it, it's made clear through how Jesus is praying. I pray that they all might be one, just as, and then the scripture goes on, Jesus says, just as you are in me and I am in you. There's a, there's a, a unity between Jesus the Son and God the Father, Right? And then he follows it with this. May they also be in us. Now, see, there's unity. Let me, let me give you an example. Unity 
is, is all together. We're lined up. We have the same purpose. In clubs, organization, there's a unity. But in the church, it's different. It, it is all focused upon Jesus. Why? Because he uni- not unites us with the Father. I, I, I think what we see in this unity, like any other, that, that is like no other, is that we are connected to God. And we say this, this bottom plane in a triangle, triangle is all those who are united together and our focus and our connection is in, is in God. That makes it supernatural. Now, there is no way that we could have any kind of unity with God except through... Okay, that's where you could throw in the word. <laughs> there is no way that we could have a unity with God except through... Okay, I'm glad you all know that. I was going to change up the service just a little bit. It's through Jesus that we are united and connected. Don't miss that. Because we could conduct church, and if we miss that, we could still see some kind of or even some form of unity. Hey, you know, there's some people I connect with better than others because we have some of the same likes. I'll spend more time with them. And, And, you know, hey, we could still have fun in that kind of unity. Oh, it, it, let's just say it, it's a, it's a world of unity. It's, it's not a unity. But we are a people connected in Jesus Christ who is united to the Father. And through his death, through the means of his dying, his death upon the cross, we have a unity with God. Each one is individual. Man, we have connected to God. And as he, we've been brought to that relationship, guess what? Everybody else that is connected to Jesus or to God through Jesus Christ, we have a unity together. And it is, I'll say it, it is supernatural. It is not of this world. It is unique in that fact. And, and matter of fact, this was used when, when I first got married. Well, first, when, the only time that I got married to Linda, this was used. Okay, that triangle, uh, he presented that to me. He said, hey, listen, you are a brother. We were both believers, uh, lovers of God, uh, and, and uh, so we were already there, and we're going to be united in marriage. He says, this is what happens. In your relationship with God, you grow closer to God. Guess what? You grow closer together. You grow closer to that relationship with God, and you will grow closer together. Hey, and it's not unusual that in Ephesians 5, a real uh, focused uh, passage from Paul about marriage. He comes in and he says, hey, wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And there's a wonderful story there, uh, a, a picture of, of what, what marriage is. And towards the end, he says, hey, I'm just talking about Christ and the church. Overall, he, he's identifying that same thing. With God as observing with God being connected to God we have that opportunity in unity to grow to grow closer together and, and, and to love one another as we're called to do because hey listen in this unity we recognize perfect love and perfect forgiveness isn't that right in my relationship with God, I know what love is because of what Jesus has done for me. I know what forgiveness is. An amazing forgiveness because everything he has given me, I don't deserve. What I deserve is punishment. What I deserve is condemnation. And instead, he through his love sent his son to take my punishment. 
Are you kidding me? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what we were singing about when it came to worship and praise? Directing our attention and praise to him? Because that's my relationship with him. He has revealed to me a love that is unbelievable. And a forgiveness that, that goes beyond anything I've seen in this world. And guess what? While we're growing in unity, guess what we're growing in? In that same love that he's given to me. In that same forgiveness. Because guess what? We're going to disappoint each other. Anybody ever be, anybody ever have been disappointed in someone here? Raise your hand. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've been disappointed and frustrated. and everything. But guess what? I know forgiveness in this body. And I, and I have been forgiven in this body. Woo! That, that's, a, that's a great relationship. That's the unity that we live in. It is, it is conducted in the love that we're called to. Hey, as I have loved you, you love one another. And, and we could say the same thing about, uh, about forgiveness. You know, forgive as I have forgiven. It actually comes out as a warning. Say, hey, if you cannot forgive, you cannot be forgiven. So we are, we are to conduct this unity in a supernatural kind of love and forgiveness that we have learned from the one who has loved and forgiven us. Does that make sense? It goes beyond what is recognized and is capable from this world to be able to produce. That is unity that's gifted from God. The second truth I want to share with you almost seems like a paradox in itself if we put it in different terms. But the second truth is this. We are called to live in the unity we have been given. So, you know, one hand is to say, man, it's a gift. On the other hand, we could say, well, hey, go and be united. But how it works, it's not a paradox. It really works wonderfully. We've been given a gift. Now use it. Now use it. I, I believe that's what Paul is saying in, in Philippians chapter 2. The first few verses of Philippians chapter 2, Paul uh, directs the church to live in that unity. Let, let's read it. I'm, I'm going to take just a little bit of time and, and, and let's walk through it. First of all, verse 1. Matter of fact, in verse 1, we could go back and say, see, verse 17. I mean, chapter 17. He repeats it. If you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, where's our unity? The focus is on Jesus because what he's done is brought us into unity with, with, with the Father. So Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, there it's present, if any fellowship with the Spirit, that Spirit that we've been given because of Jesus, if any tenderness and compassion, there it is, laid out in a, in a foundation. A, a gifted kind of unity. Something that we don't deserve, yet we've received. If you have any, uh, uh, any encouragement from being united in Christ, then verse 2 says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one in spirit and purpose. What is that? That's a definition of unity right there. Uh, being like-minded. Oh, okay, let's all start thinking alike. That's what we'll do. And if we start thinking alike, we're all going to love the same music, and, and we're all going to dress the same, you know, uh, at least in the, in the same 
and kind of fashion and, and, and we're just, we're just going to start, you know, we're going to be beardless or we're all going to wear beards. Well, women, sorry. Anyway, uh, you know, that kind of, is that like-minded that he's speaking of? Absolutely not. I, I think our uniqueness is going to continue on. The uniqueness of, of how God created us is absolutely. But here's what happens. When we're transformed, there is a transforming or a changing of our minds and our, the way we think. Why? Because I'm in relationship with God. I'm in relationship with God. His word is special to me. I'm growing in that relationship with God. I am changing. I am being transformed. And guess what? You too are, are in that same place of being transformed and changed. And my viewpoint, my perspective is changed because Jesus died upon the cross for me. And I'm living in mercy and grace. I look at, at the people of God differently. I look at them differently. I have to look at them as, as, and, and try to look at them as Jesus looks at them. Love, compassion, patience, and kindness all the fruits of the Spirit right there. It's different when we are united together in, in that relationship with God, isn't it? Uh, also, you know, going on to the next thing, you know, it, it is about that uh, uh, having or, or being like-minded. It is also having the same love. What love is that? Except you know, what I've already said, the love of Christ that's been given to us, the love revealed by God in sending it, sacrificially sending his son to us. So what kind of love are we to love each other with? It, it, yeah, absolutely. It is a sacrificial love. It's not about me anymore. It's, it's about the love that, that exists within me that loves my brothers and sisters in Christ, even when it's difficult. Are you with me? You beginning to see a better picture of the unity that we've been given and that we're called to? I, I think in a way it ought to scream to us this morning the unity that we're called to because it's exactly why Jesus died upon the cross for the unity that I have again with the Father. So it's that, that amazing love. Uh, being one in spirit and in purpose. Being one in spirit and in purpose. Yeah, there is only one spirit, isn't it? It, it is amazing to think that, that everything that Jesus has done for me, that the very presence of the Holy Spirit is upon me. The very Holy Spirit that, that, that he, he has is upon each one of us, existing in each one of us, directing each one of us for his purpose. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is directing us to be in that unity. When we're in conflict comes in that next verse. Listen, listen to what Paul now, as he continues. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Selfish ambition or vain conceit. What is, if there is anything that is contrary to the unity that we're called to, it's, it's that. Selfish ambition, vain conceit, it is self-centeredness. It has no place in, in the unity that we've been called to. Selfishness and, and vain conceit has no place in the unity that we've been called to. How, how do we recognize selfishness and vain conceit? Is when we look at the church and all we can do is complain. Oh, maybe, maybe perhaps we have other ideas. Maybe we, why aren't, or maybe I'm looking at somebody else. 
I'm looking at a brother and sister Christ. Why aren't they? Why shouldn't they? And, and we're grumbling about each other. There's another good indication that man, that indication would be that maybe our eyes are not focused upon God. Focused upon what, what Jesus has already done for us. I don't believe in unity that we're grumbling. Now, does that mean that there's a place where there's correction going on? I believe so. Out of the very love and compassion and forgiveness that, that I think he's given to us, it enables us to grow together and go through hard things together. But the idea of hatred and grumbling and bitterness towards each other, there is no place. That's not, that's not the, the kind of uh, unity that we've been called to. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, in his book Life Together, he said, he who, he who loves his dream of a community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter. Even though his personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. You see, if, if it all becomes my plans... If it's my desires, if my will's not being accomplished, I'm going to end up just grumbling and being difficult. And that's not what it's about. You see, our prayer continues to be as, as, as uh, Jesus taught us. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, and that ought to be a, a unity of prayer for each one of us, isn't it? Hey, it is about what you want done, your purpose to be accomplished. Let's, let's fulfill that purpose that, that you've laid before us. This unity is not born out of my own will and desires, but it is born out of humility. It, it is born out of a humility that I need to embrace. That's what he says, the, the latter part of verse 3. He says, but in humility, but in humility, um, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's not the world. <laughs> Isn't that right? That's not the world. It's not the world. Now, we could have love and, and, and for family and things like that. that that's very possible. And we recognize that. But when it comes to the world... That kind of love with someone who, who we might be at odds with. To love them and to come to that place of loving them, it, that's the love of Jesus. Even those who mocked him upon the cross, he loved and he died for them as well. It, it really is an incredible love that he's given us. Finally, uh, just, just to close it up, uh, the third point, I actually go back to John chapter 17. Uh, this, this other truth is, is that we are to live united so that the world may believe. Did you hear that in, in John chapter 17? So that the world may believe. Let me read it for you again. Um, he said in that verse 23, uh, that they may be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. We are to live a supernatural, a supernatural unity. One where we all are connected with God and, and observing Him and loving Him as our Father and, and loving that Savior who came and died for us. That's who we are. And as we keep our eyes focused upon Him, as we continue to, to be stretched and grow in that love and forgiveness, then the world 
is to know and, and be able to look and say, uh, actually see the glory out of the church that in, inevitably glorifies God. Why? Because it's his love. It's his forgiveness of which we exist. How are we doing as a church? You, you know, hey, we're friendly. Is, is that part of it? Hey, we're friendly. That's great. That's great. Is that friendliness based upon our love for Jesus? Or is it just because we're friendly people? Ah. Oh. It is to be based upon a God who loves us so incredibly, he sent his son to die for us. Amen? And it's what the people around us need to see. Not just a unity. Boy, they sure like each other. But there's something supernatural about what's going on there. These are people who, who love each other even though that they're stinkers. Are you a stinker with me? You know, sometimes just life, you, you, you have troubles, you have difficulties, and we have to forgive each other and love each other and even love people into the body, no matter their differences, their, their ugliness of sin. But, but that unity is one that embraces, just like Jesus did. Read the Gospels if you haven't seen that and see how he loved people. Let me remind you, here it is. Here are the truths that we've laid out. We are gifted with unity in Jesus Christ. It is a gift from God. It is supernatural. We are called to live in the unity that we've been given. Paul reminds us, man, hey, live that unity. And if you have an appreciation for what you have in Jesus, live that unity. And he laid out that definition. We are to live united for this purpose so that the world will know. So that the world will know that Jesus loves us. That, that God loves us and sent his son to die for us so that we could be in right unity. We could be in that right relationship with God for eternity. Oh man, if we could just get, get together, if we only could get organized. <laughs> for his sake. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Always, Lord, we, we thank you for what he's given. Help us, Lord, throughout the week. You know, as we're about our tasks, about our work and, and the difficulties of every day, may we never forget that relationship we have with you. Lord, I pray that we're being drawn to prayer, drawn to your word on a daily basis, drawn to each other, Lord, and helping each other. Uh, Lord, with encouragement, whether it comes with... Uh, uh, some correction or whatever it is, Lord. Help us to love and pay attention to spiritual needs. May we be there to support and not to be silent, Lord. Sometimes we feel like silence is, is something of value, but Lord, there's times when we need to speak up and, and, and encourage others around us. Father, we praise you for your word always. We praise you for your son, and we thank you for the salvation that we have through him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.